everyone. It's Wilkana Semento here. I'm your host, and this is the Leadership Talks podcast, Black Excellence. And today I have Usmania Diop. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited to be part of this great interaction. I have been following you for quite a while now. And uh, if I have a voice, I think this is the right platform. Oh, absolutely. And thank you for taking the time. I know it's uh, after the working hours there in Nashville. So I truly appreciate that. And, you know, it's a little bit late, but again, you know, it's definitely important for us to come together and share our experiences in the hospitality. And, you know, I invited you because I see you have plenty of experience here in the United States as well. So, bienvenue. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. So, Zmane, tell us, um, when did you start your career here in the United States and how is it going so far for you? Oh, I, the best way I can say it is it's just the beginning of the journey. I came to the U.S. in 1998, wanted to pursue uh, further my education in agriculture, believe it or not. I still have that dream to to be a cowboy because I grew up watching Western movies and I came to the US 1998 when I studied agriculture. I ended up uh, in Seattle for a couple of months, then went to University of Tennessee. And while I was in college, I needed a job and I walked in and started working as a banquet captain. That's how really everything started. Wow, you already started on being a captain. Wow, excuse moi. <laughs> the, the secret was they did not tell me I had to haul in and haul out every day. We did not have actual venue. So that was the reason why uh, I probably ended up having that title. But uh, it taught me so much, you know, from the leadership standpoint all the way to logistic management. And uh, of course, you know, you know how it is. If the food is warm, it's great if it's cold, then you're in trouble. So. Absolutely. Believe me, I've done, you know, I was a banquet server in Baltimore uh, when I had also, that was my second job, actually. I also had a front desk during the day. So I would go to the hotel in the morning, live real quick at three o'clock to start another job at 4.30. And the good thing, you know, because in Baltimore, when you work downtown, there's so many hotels. So I, you know, I made sure to find one job really close to the other. So, you know, I wouldn't have to take public transportation, which would take more time. But, uh, you know, it's just the beginnings, right? So tell us now, what are you doing and how is your career going? So since 1998, uh, I can say I have, you know, postulated any position you can imagine from the front of the house all the way to back of the house, uh, front office, uh, you know, running retail, all the way to where I started really holding a strong leadership position uh, with a title, you know, behind it. And that's after I graduated and I moved back to Seattle. Um, I was able to walk into the Western in downtown Seattle, 891 room, and I graduated with not debt and $400 to my name. And I said, I needed a job right away. Walked in was hired on the spot. And I met a gentleman that really saw my potential from day one after he looked at my resume, knew my background after having a good exchange in the lobby and said, I cannot let you walk away from here because I feel that 
you know, we're going to benefit from you in many ways. And uh, to this day, uh, he is one person that I keep close to my heart. His name is Ronnie Roland. He's one of the best director of security I never met. Um, and he's solidated to this day all across the nation, uh, not because of the knowledge that he has in that field, but his leadership style. I've learned a lot from him. Um, at some point, I, I found myself really not being challenged, uh, even though you know I was managing a team of 70 employees, uh, two union. Uh, I can tell you a lot about union for sure. But uh, after really making sure that you know, I excelled in all the challenges that were in place and uh, turning around you know, a couple of departments and make them very successful on the customer service side, I felt that you know, I was no longer challenged and I wasn't running. And I decided to go independent. And again, here I am being put in a position where I had to learn. I was challenged, but I was hungry and I kept being hungry. That's one thing that never, never, never really, uh, I wasn't shy about saying that I didn't know, I wanted to learn, and whoever was my superior, I needed to learn as much that you knew. And uh, that has been my drive to this day. And, uh, now I am getting into a different um, level of challenge because I am on a corporate level. I am seeing uh, the hospitality world in a different way. And I think being a cheval, uh, still in operation and still being strategic more than anything else and not being um, reactional uh, will benefit, hopefully, uh, the company that I'm working for and people that I will have across my journey. Absolutely. And I love the way you said, right? Like you talked about leadership, the leadership style, your mentor, right? That he believed in yourself, in you. And that was an inspiration for you and open your mind, right? And now even, you know, managing 70 people, you were like, I wanted to be challenged now. And you're moving on to the next steps and learning, being hungry to learn more, right? So talk to me, Usman, um, as a Black man, this is a Black Excellence Series. Have you encountered um, any challenges that you would like to share? Oh, I think I have a plurality of that. <laughs> it, often, you know, and this is this is a great question because it's tied to the previous question. Often you hear people getting motivated and being hungry and looking forward to excel, evolve, and grow by having mentor or having people to look up to. I more so than anything else, excel when you tell me no, you're not the right person. Through my career, I have met a couple of people that really were a roadblock to me. They, it, it was either a fear for some reason, um, and I cannot really explain why you would have a fear if you had me in your team, but they did not want to see me excel. But they say kill with kindness, and I made sure that I kill with kindness. I excel in everything that I had committed myself into not to prove them wrong, but to prove myself that there is nothing that can stop me from breaking the glass anytime the, you know, the glass was wide above me. And he kept me going. And I always went back to those people and tell them, thank you, because I see that the challenge that they have put in front of me kept me going and motivated me for the more. I come from a culture where 
you were already born and you were born and you were told that you are a king. I come from a family where both my parents not only, you know, I held very important position in their life, but they kept their integrity and they made sure they picked up value on anything that they were doing and everything that they committed themselves into, not to have some egocentric, but to be able to share and help more others. And now it's part of my motto. The more I pick up throughout my journey, the more I share. And the more I share, the more I go. And furthermore, educate myself for the more experience and share the stories so people can believe that I'm just a human being that, you know, go through a journey and they have their own journey to take to. Keep believing and keep going. Amazing. Wow. So just kill them with kindness, right? And learn more and go back and be appreciative, right? Because that challenge didn't stop you and you made you succeed, right? Um, so Osmani, what country are you coming from? It's called Senegal, the country of Teranga. <laughs> Dakar, beautiful beaches. Oh, I heard. Beautiful people, beautiful food. Um, everything you can really imagine. Um, yeah, Teranga is, is, is has a dual meaning. You know, it's 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 all about family, all about parents. It's about you know uh, the community. Um, just to do a parallelism, I remember growing up going to my grandma's, and we would travel as a family. And whenever I get there, since I was named after my my grandpa, um, she would always sleep on the floor and me sleeping in her bed. That's how much welcoming that she, you know and love she had for me. And um, that's what you see across you know our culture. Uh, it is all about making sure that you welcome people. It's centered on caring, not on expectation. Even if you have a piece of candy, you make sure you crack it in two pieces and you share with whoever you are with. And that's our forte, that's our strength. You know? There is the fact that people don't know much about Senegal in this part of the world because we're French-speaking countries, but you get to Dakar before you get to Paris. So I always welcome people to go. Allez, bon voyage au Dakar. <laughs> C'est bon pour moi. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome anytime. Oh, super. But, you know, I, I love this, right? Because we are here besides, you know, being from, I'm from Brazil, as, you know, I've talked to you about it to my, my background a little bit. But, you know, besides being an expat, right, we have this other, uh, for, for myself in Brazil, you know, English is a second language, but nobody really speaks. You know? <laughs> and actually, you know, for you, you know, you are bilingual already like because you grow up learning both languages you know yeah. school is hard in Senegal and you go from one level to another you have to compete you have to take exam and if you don't pass the exam you don't go any further by the time I came to the US I was speaking already three foreign languages I was fluent in Italian I even had a free scholarship to go to Italy and study art but I was not an art major I was a science major so I ended up just turning it down. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Parlare italiano con me allora. <laughs> Great. After 25 years, what do I remember? I have no... 
I'm sure one one week in, in in you know in Napoli, you you're good to go. <laughs> I have you know a, a good leader that is I'm looking forward to you know to practice with. I would say, and I'm sure I'll pick it up. You know, and this is uh, also brings me to another uh, point here: the international market, right? Because this is definitely the languages, and when we work with our um associate level you know employees we have so a mix of a melting pot of people from so many different cultures you know how easy has been for you as a leader uh you know from banquets to corporate world now you know communicating with these expats that are coming from all over the world here in the united states and you know being able to communicate with them in, in their language i I believe they're not given enough respect. And let me let me explain. In, in my career in hospitality, uh, I have seen and been to many properties. I am yet to see a housekeeping team that is predominantly American-born as a majority. It's foreigners. Mm -hmm. Right? We are, as foreigners, the backbone of hospitality in this country. We were never respected in that matter because most of the job are really not quote-unquote great job or quote-unquote job of high value and respect. But if you question every single one of those persons and ask them what their background is, you see doctors, you see engineers, you see people that where they come from literally had a job and had a career and were living, if not above uh, the average, but they were high class. But they left because either it was for religious reason, persecution, or economical reason, or political reason for the most part. But they are driven to learn to learn because they adopted to become American, just like we did. We love this country in so many ways, but we don't want to lose where we come from. In order to adopt it, we need to learn the language. We were fortunate enough to learn English prior to coming here, but somebody who has been rooted from where they come from and tell them, now you're going to come to the US and you're going to work here, you're going to have a little bit of resistance, if not fear, to adapt another language. Because if you lose your land and use your language, what happens? You no longer have identity. So some of them would have a tendency or not wanting to learn English or having the fear to learn it. But it's on us as we welcome them to create the environment so they can feel that it is not a way of taking what they have left and they can represent themselves to. But furthermore, to give them the baggage or the tool necessary to further and get better into what they engage and commit themselves into. I've been to properties where we would, for example, teach English to these employees that were coming in because throughout my career, we work a lot with the refugees. So the comfort that you're creating within your work environment would allow them to actually open themselves and be willing to learn and that communication, that uh, bridge that you just created would do nothing but benefit you. On the long run, everybody will learn English. Everybody will be able to communicate with you. 
we're getting into furthermore challenged when now we're using some electronic all over the place, you're using iPad, you're using iPhone, and using all this application in housekeeping and the front desk in all the department. But if you don't speak English, it's already a problem. If you don't speak electronic language, it's another problem. And most of the time it's English or Spanish. And we're starting to see the shift because you see people coming from East Africa, people coming from Europe that don't speak English or you know, the common language that we see here now having to face that. So what does it do? They actually limit themselves to just doing job where do not have to interact with guests. And we're losing by doing that. So we need to do better in order to create a better way of communicating with these employees and creating a platform where they feel they are welcome and they can benefit from us. Well, je suis d'accord. And I totally agree with you, Usman. But also, you know, what I've experienced myself uh, in this field, because, you know, besides doing uh, banquets, I started also in housekeeping. And believe it or not, I was in Lake Placid, upstate New York. So the entire team was Americans and everybody, you know, I, I was the only foreign there. So I had this hard time because I wanted to learn English. I was so hungry. And I wanted to speak with people and I didn't understand, you know, like the, the, the basics of uh, the products or, you know, what do you, like, I never had used a vacuum cleaner before, you know, cause in Brazil, we don't even use that to clean places, you know, at home and just use a broom and that's it <laughs> and I'm up, but, you know, it was learning experience, learning curve for me. And then Usman, I'm telling you, every time I saw guests in the hallway, I would be like, I would light up, right? I'll be like, oh my gosh, hello, how are you? You know, I'm Wilka, I'm from Brazil. Where are you from? That's all that I knew how to say. <laughs> but, you know, when people were talking to me, I was able to communicate a little bit and hear different, you know, accents and different um. Uh, words and I, I had a book and would make a note you know and then I was like oh I had to learn this word I had to learn this word and then until you know I repeated many times until I've actually learned but you know one thing that I encountered I was working at the front desk on my internship here I remember one time I had uh, my colleague she was from Thailand and yeah. these women uh, you know she was a senator or whatever we had a big you know senator you know, group staying with us. And this lady, she screamed at my colleague, like, I'm asking for somebody to fix that TV. And I was, and then I just looked at my friend, you know, the lady that worked with me from Thailand, and she like was saying, I'm sending engineer to you. I'm sending engineer to you. And the woman was like, What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I was like, excuse me, you know, and then I step up and I'm like, please, man, you don't need to scream at her. She is telling you that she's sending the engineer to your room. Is there anything else you need? Like really straightforward with this lady because, you know, she was basically uh, like screaming at this, this young woman. Like we were 19 years old. We were coming here to, you know, work and, and being, you know, learn like in the industry that we went to school for back in our countries. But like this woman, she, I like, I remember this like vivid, you know, in my mind, because for me, like you don't, um, 
make this person feel any less than what she is because you don't understand what she's trying to tell you. So, you know, and that for me, you know, that was a learning curve as well that I learned that if somebody is trying to diminish you, me, myself, because of my learning, my English abilities, I'm like, no, that is going to stop right there. And that's when you have to really step up. But, you know, many of us back in the day, I was like, I, I remember another scenario, same hotel. I was like, oh, I don't know. The lady was saying, uh, do you have a comb? Do you have a comb? I'm like, I'm sorry, man, but I don't know what that means. Hold on one second. So I, you know, went and asked somebody else and they're like, yeah, this is a comb. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know this was, you know. And I was like, yes, man, I have, you know. And then I gave it to the ladies. She was like, oh, no worries. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm from Brazil. You know, I'm trying to learn here. But, you know, often, as like you said, you know, there is uh, Spanish speaking um, associates, you know, at the housekeeping level. I experienced that when I worked in California and they were a lot of Mexicans. So I didn't, I wasn't um, used to the Mexican uh, uh, dialogue, right? Dialect. And I learned, you know, and I learned because I was like, I'm going to be working with you guys. You know, I'm doing this sales stuff here, but I need your help, you know, because I can only, you know, have this, uh, groups coming here if you can you know come to work and be uh, on my side as well you know like when I need some early check-in like help me out so it was always something so uh, like the connection that I was able to make with them because I spoke a little bit of Spanish it blew my mind you know like I had these ladies on my side and that's how you know I think um, I appreciate very much being in a bigger city right like you know, uh, I'm in Washington, D.C. I've been to California. But, you know, is that the same, you know, where you are in your experience that has been so far? I mean, we, we it, it's you touched on to that. It's all about the environment. And if I make the parallelism, when I came to the U.S., I went to University of Tennessee at Martin, the small campus. I remember being asked if I had lions in our background. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm the lion. How about that? <laughs> How about that? I had to go to in order to educate people that actually come from a city where people are educated. It's a modern way of life and so forth and so on. So it's all about the environment. Then at that point, you make a choice. Do you oh. actually extract yourself and go where you feel that you fit right? Or you actually make yourself an ambassador and say, you know what, I'm gonna help these people understand that the horizon is as far as you can, you wanna see. And you can learn so much without even having to move. And I organize, for example, the International Student Association where we were fighting to actually have our rights. We were paying out of state tuition. You know, not having as a, as a as an Asian to have your name changed so you can have quote unquote American name, you know, and those things ended up opening their eyes to, you know, the leaders in campus to the point where cultural integration was was something that was important. The diversification was important. You know, the fraternity and sororities were another challenge. And as a foreigner, I helped building bridge in order to have a better campus in order you know, to have you know, people understanding and sit down and have at least an exchange. The religious 
the knowledge that I had prior to coming to the U.S. was very limited. I came, I came here and I was like, wow, I didn't know they had black church and white church. Didn't know that they have so many different denominations. And anytime I was meeting somebody, they was like, Usman, I want you to come to my church. And whenever I go there, I was seeing something that I never knew was existing. But nobody really sat down around the table and said, hey, what do you believe on? What are the similarities? Where do we pivot from that point? And I organized the biggest debate, religious debate, you know, and invited the whole city so we can sit down and just in all transparency talk about it. So everybody can be educated. And they worked away, wanted more. And I said, well, now I'll show you the way. It's on you to do it because it takes a lot of my time. I just wanted to let you know that you have to open a window and that window can end up being a door. I mean, my parents traveled. My dad came back, always changed. I think the biggest impact was him living in Japan. And that's how I picked up the Omotenachi, which is probably the, 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 the most challenging level of hospitality you can ever imagine because the Japanese are so perfectionist. And uh, I carry that with the teranga in order to create my balance. And everywhere I go, I'm a student and I learn. Wow, beautiful, beautiful words, Osman. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom here as an expat, as a black man in the United States working in this beautiful industry that we both love, the hospitality industry. So truly appreciate your time today. Any final words? I am Black, but I'm human before anything. And uh, like we say, cohito ergusim, as long as you're thinking, you know, you exist. So just exist with your brain before anything else. Amazing. Thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. This is the Leadership Talks podcast, Black Excellence Series. Have a great day.